the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at an historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laugh as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. The following is a high-five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. This is a blast from the past, a classic blast from the past, a, a blastic, a classic. I love it. Yeah. Oh, I love coining new words. <laughs> a blastic, clastic, an iconoclastic, blastic from the pastic. Max, drop the beat. Uh, yeah, yes, agreed. That's our super producer, the one and only Mr. Max Williams. No, you and I are bringing a classic to the table this week. And there's a, there's a bit of synchronicity here because this is, you know, we've done so many episodes by now. We've been doing this show for a number of years, and we've been doing other shows for a number of years, and occasionally we get people on our social media, like Ridiculous Historians on Facebook, who uh, say, hey, have the guys ever done an episode on this? And it just so happens, we're scrolling through uh, before we went on air, it just so happens that one of our fellow Ridiculous Historians recently asked about uh, one of our favorite topics from the past. And I think it's your very favorite episode we ever did. Well, I say that. I mean, we, we've got so many interesting ones. It just ticks a lot of my particular boxes. You know, record collecting, recording technology, antiquated, weird, you know, kind of kitschy recording technology, bootlegging, dumpster diving. <laughs> and it, it encapsulates a lot of some of my favorite things. Also, quick disclaimer, I don't know if you can tell, by the sound of my ragged voice and breathing, uh, I caught a case of the COVID and, uh, and, and ten respectfully requested that we push this classic episode out so I didn't have to well, do a full episode today. Well, uh, to be and, fair, and, Noel, I, I, Ben Mullen's the one who pitched it. Because I was, well, it's yeah, true. And we got a lot of I, stuff. And I respectfully <laughs> requested to confirm <laughs> Your pitch, sir. Uh, well, guys, 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 if we're if we're claiming credit, I was the one who went and found the episode, so I think I deserve about ninety eight percent. Well, of the credit I was here, I was running and got. I'm not even. Oh man, I don't think any of us are supposed to be here right now. But your pals, Ben Nolan, Max, are we are legitimately excited about this. This has a lot of my my favorite things as well: human ingenuity, some real fortitude and some real MacGyver moments. Like this whole thing is a MacGyver moment. And 
we also, of course, you know, Noel, uh, we didn't want to derail you uh, feeling under the weather. And I hope you're on the mend soon, my friend. Uh, but in the meantime, this is an excuse for the three of us to also enjoy this one. Max, I don't know if you've heard this one. I have not. Who was the producer on this one? Casey oh, Pegg. This was Casey Pegg. This is one of the very first episodes we recorded on the Stilyagi Russian hipster beatnik weirdos who made bootleg albums of Elvis Presley recordings from dumpster dived x-rays. By the way, I got to say, you guys are kind of blame hogs. Here I was trying to like throw myself under the bus, take one for the team. And you guys wouldn't even let me take the blame. So uh, I thank Uh, you, but also weird flex. No, no, no. I'm just like, uh, you know, you know how it is. You got sometimes you got to fight for credit on your ideas. You know what I mean? But I don't think it's I don't think there's any blame here. You know, we love the show. We love you all out there. Ridiculous historians. And uh, sometimes, you know, sometimes we forget that not everybody has heard all these episodes. So we like to bring the ones that we're really proud of to light. And Noel, I'm I'm really proud of this one. I kind of I don't know. I, I think we both want to impress Max so much. Max, I hope you like this one. If you don't, don't tell us, or at least have the self-respect to lie to us about it. Because rest assured, he'll be listening along right alongside you, ridiculous (laughs) historians. Don't worry, guys. I have lots of practice lying to (laughs) y'all. Now, that's the weird flex for our intro. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. You got me questioning literally everything, Max. Literally everything. What about the hot tub times? Those are always true, Noel. Do those mean nothing to you? They mean everything to me. They mean nothing and, to, and me. to me. I was not invited. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, it, it wasn't an invitational kind of thing. We just sort of happened to, tra- we were traipsing through the woods and happened to stumble into the same hot tub. So. so with that mental image in your head, fellow ridiculous historians, without further ado, check out our classic episode on the Still Yagi, which I still think sounds like a weird Eastern European monster. Here we go. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Ben. I'm Noel. And we are joined with our super producer, Casey Pegram, today. And this is Ridiculous History. And I will tell you, he is piping a legit mixtape into my headphones right now. I really wish you guys could hear it, but we couldn't clear the samples. So It's always the samples that get us. Just for us. <laughs> You'll have to take our word for it. Uh, like most people, we're very into music. It's true. And um, I I wanted to ask you, Ben, have you seen the movie The Bone Collector? The Bone Collector? I feel like I have. Wait, is this the, um, is this like the crime film? Yeah. Where, um, is someone paralyzed? You know, I haven't actually seen it. It's just the name (laughs) makes me think of uh, the topic that we're talking about today. Um, That was a total non sequitur, but that's (laughs) the, we, we love non sequiturs here on Ridiculous History. But yeah. 
I love music. You love music. Casey loves music. I'm telling you, these samples are on fire. I really wish you guys could hear it, but it's just for us. Right. And it brings up a pretty good question. Uh, we'll, we'll segue just a little bit here, which is how far would you go to hear that one song that you really wanted to hear, you know, the thing that's stuck in your head or the, um, let's say your new your favorite artist puts out a new album and you're like, ah, oh, I got to get it. I got to get it. But yeah. I can't find it. Or Casey's Fire Mixtape. Or Casey's Fire Mixtape, which is the reason we keep a fire extinguisher in the studio now. We learned our lesson. Well, let's let's go back far, 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 far away. All right. To the distant past. Eh, not that distant, I guess. Picture yourself, Ben. Okay. As a, as a child in Russia. Okay. Okay. And and like you said, you've got this tune, some sort of uh some sort of little ditty, a jingle, if you will, that you just can't get out of your head. You gotta own it. You gotta get a copy on Ooh. a gramophone record. And in Soviet Russia there were record stores, but a lot of the music that was very popular was forbidden. Oh, because, you see, ladies and gentlemen, friends and neighbors, that music was Western. And at the time, in the years after World War II, the USSR and the United States, or the West in general, were in a, um, not a hot war, but a very cold one, a war of ideology, a war of hegemony, an attempt to control the hearts and minds of the human species. And the USSR was pretty militant about things that it felt uh, were decadent or Western or violated communist sensibilities, especially music and art, which they considered propaganda. This means for little Russian Ben, it's going to be really tough to get uh, a, a record that he Wants if desperately, yeah, desperately wants. And as far back as 1932, the Stalin regime decided that all arts would be subject to censorship, and there would be a test applied that would determine whether this piece of art, be it music, be it uh, sculpture, painting, what have you, was quote in service to socialist realism. And this idea of socialist realism. Um, it's sort of characterized by the glorified depiction of communist values, uh, such as the emancipation of the proletariat mm -hmm. um, by means of realistic imagery. So jazz was prohibited in the Soviet Union until briefly during World War II when Russia and America were aligned behind the same cause. But then get to that chilly war that you're talking about. During that, the tables turned once again, and roughly from 1947 to the early 90s, Russian jazz musicians were actually arrested and locked up in gulags, and recordings from American and even British artists were particularly forbidden. They were deemed uh, fascist, or uh, the term mystic came up, which seems like an odd term of abuse. I mean, I think the word mystic sounds like something that would be, you know, cool. And speaking of cool language surrounding this, here's a, a glimpse into how seriously people in general, let's call them the, the musical squares mm. of the USSR. Here's how seriously they took it. There was a common catchphrase that would that translates to something like, today he dances jazz, but tomorrow he will sell his homeland. Oh, my goodness. That is heavy. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, well, let's, let's unpack that. <laughs> so is that literally like saying... You listen to jazz, you're uh, potentially a traitor. Right. You listen to jazz, therefore, 
whether you are like a degree removed from a spy. Do you think the implication is that this kind of music would cause people to betray the state by infecting them with some sort of like, you know, agenda that was somehow present in jazz music? Absolutely. I think that is absolutely the case because we've seen the same thing happen cyclically, or I should say similar things cyclically with music in the past. You know what I mean? Like the music that people our age like Mm. might uh, horrify uh, our elders and the music they enjoyed might have horrified their elders. So there's a weird changing of the guard that occurs. I know. I'm in an interesting spot with my eight-year-old daughter because the music that she loves doesn't really horrify me as much as it borifies me. (laughs) <laughs> but, you know, maybe, you know, given a little more time, maybe she'll, maybe they'll be like the new Marilyn Manson and she'll get into that. And then all of a sudden I'll be like, you know, super uh, shocked. But <laughs> I, I swear to you, the most of the stuff she listens to, I'm just shocked at how freaking dull it is. And uh, that that is an interesting problem. I, I have this picture of you, Noel, uh, telling your eight-year-old daughter that she should listen to more challenging music. I literally do <laughs> say things along those lines. She, there's this one song that she really loved that is literally heart and soul, like from Big. And I pointed that out to her because she says the song was so great. I'm like, kid, this is like a total straight one-to-one ripoff of this like piano song that every kid learns how to play. But I digress. Oh, well, not we Maybe haven't done that. Di- can, yeah. can we repackage my digression into yeah. to Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Right. Because let's say um let's say that wasn't just a ripoff. Let's say it was so close that it was almost a bootleg of that song. A facsimile, if you will. There we go. Okay. We we just did. And uh we hope we pull it off. Let us know. Write to us at ridiculous at uh howstuffworks.com. Can I say one more thing before we pop yeah, into this uh, the bootleg stuff? There was actually even a uh an element of this censorship that allowed for Russian born artists to be blacklisted as traitors, like you just said, or dissidents. Um, under the Soviet regime, and it was really easy for that to happen because it pretty much just took getting on the wrong side of the government. And this is actually even still happening to this day. Artist uh, Robbie Williams, who you may remember from, I think, was it Take That? He was in like a boy band, and then he had mm-hmm. that song Millennium. He uh, reportedly, according to an article in the Digital Spy that I found, was banned from performing in Russia um, after he released a song called Party Like a Russian that <laughs> apparently made some little jabs at, at Putin. So yeah. they, they still take that stuff pretty seriously. And, and the band Pussy Riot also got imprisoned for a, a countercultural or countergovernment protest. Yes. So they definitely are not playing around, even to this day, uh, in the former Soviet Union. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Ben, my favorite spring cleaning takeaway is that post-clean clarity that you get where you're like, wow, how have I been living like this? Yeah, it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless and Mint Mobile has phone plans for just $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Y'all, it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. And use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. 
That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment? today only at highfivecasino.com High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah. Um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah. I, I just remember. It was my dad's. I, I was a hand-me-down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car. I'd get that car. And I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody. Like I was mm. in Mad Max or something, you know? I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac, yeah. Bonnevilles. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I meant I said El Camino and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it so uh the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. It it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, You know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So here we are in the 50s and the uh, younger kids, right, with a their version of, let's call them hipsters, to set this up. Uh, They want this music, but this music is banned. And without going too far into other stories, I think we can all say that prohibition doesn't work as well as its supporters wish it would. Definitely not. I like to think of these uh, Russian youths as beatniks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Did I do a go. good job? Yeah, I thought that was it? cool. Doesn't it seem like the word beatnik would have to come, have some sort of Russian origin anyway? Because it ends in Nick. The Nick, you know, like, the, what is it, Boris and Natasha, the no good Nicks? Uh, or uh, Robotnik. Uh, yeah, it seems Eastern European or even Slavic there. Here's the thing. When you ban something, especially amongst younger 
kids, right? Especially if they're if they're teenagers and they see banned things as cool. Yeah. Then the first thing that happens is a demand, if it didn't exist, comes into being. And this is where these kids begin to unite. And they called themselves the Stilyagi, which I know sounds like a super cool, specific type of subgenre of vampire. It really does. But this is still pretty cool. Whoa, wait a minute. What, what, what was it? What? The, what were the names of the vampires in that uh, kind of middling uh, vampire show on FX that Guillermo del Toro did? They were called the, the Strain. No, they was called the Strain, but they were called the Strigoi. Strigoi. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. But it's very, yeah, that very was close. good. It was good. Yeah. It was very close. But yeah, I mean, the heart wants what the heart wants, right? So, like these hip kids, they wanted their damn records, and the Stilyagi, as he said, kind of banded together. Uh, that means style hunters, by the way, which, yes. which I think is interesting. And this youth movement was so obsessed with, like, modern trends and culture and a lot of the stuff that was brought back by returning soldiers mm-hmm. who had been able to experience modern culture abroad. And this communist crackdown created this thriving black market. But, how, you know, when that stuff is scarce, what happens? Prices go up. Yeah, through the roof. And these are kids. They, they can't afford— to pay those kind of prices for for their record discs, you know? Mm -hmm. And as a result, they were trying to find any other way to access these records because not only would the price be super high, but availability would be very low, right? So even if you did have the exorbitant amount of cash needed to get uh, the latest Elvis Presley record, which was, uh, you know, a hot commodity at that time, the black market might just be sold out. Totally. It's sold out or like as the uh, supply diminishes, those prices are just going to go up, up, up. But luckily in 1946, uh, there was an invention called the Telefunken recording lathe. And it kind of blew this whole problem wide open. The recording lathe actually allowed an audio signal to be fed in to this machine. uh, And then a lathe, which is like a, like almost like a cutting tool kind of that uh, it actually cuts grooves into a plastic material that you can then play back on a standard uh, record player, right? Mm -hmm. And so this guy named Stanislav Filo opened a little shop where he charged a nominal fee to allow customers to make little voice recordings onto plastic discs, kind of as a bit of curio, a tourist trap kind of deal. But the real success from this came from a different use of the lathe. Mm-hmm. He used it to make copies of this forbidden music. So it's like pre, 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 pre BitTorrent Napster pirating. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And there's, there's another material problem that comes in here. So now we finally have the technology to, uh, to reproduce these recordings, but we're missing something very important, and that is vinyl. There's still no vinyl around. Well, because the material that he had access to it probably had to be special ordered, mm-hmm. expensive, and not readily available as well. Wasn't something that you could just get at a department store. So the Stilyagi got creative. Yes, the style hunters began, get this, digging through dumpsters. Not just any dumpsters, hospital dumpsters. And they weren't just looking for, you know— um, medical waste or uh, weird shoes or something. So we have proto-Russian hipsters pirating music and dumpster diving. Right. All in the same story. History doesn't repeat, but it sure does rhyme. Man. And they were looking for scrapped X-rays because X-rays, 
were made using thin vinyl sheets. So like x-rays, like literally like I go in with a broken collarbone, they run an x-ray of me, they have to throw it out because of uh, laws actually that were meant to protect against fire hazards because this material is in up with stacks and stacks of like dusty x-rays. Stuff can go up in a blaze, you know, mm-hmm. so they had to regularly put them out to the trash and the Stilyagi got wise to it and basically had a supply chain for these uh, bootleg copies of recordings. So it was actually a pair of customers of Philo, the guy we talked about that made the voice recordings, uh, a guy by the name of Boris Tygen and Russian Bagaslavsky. Uh, they somehow managed to, like, cobble together their own version of this lathe cutter through, like, rando spare parts and God knows what. But I guess they you know, were able to, like, look at the design of it and figure out a way to make their own, which I think is incredibly uh, entrepreneurial and, and, and interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and this spawned this entire cottage industry. Yeah, I like that phrase, cottage industry there. Uh, They would duplicate recordings onto the x-ray itself, the x-ray sheet, and then they would have to trim the disc by hand. And for me, this is one of the neatest parts. They would burn a hole in the center so you could put the record on a record player uh, with a cigarette. You can see this process online, if you would like, uh, in, well, numerous fan recordings, right, on YouTube. But it's also in the opening credits of a 2008 cult film called Stilyagi. And this whole cottage industry, I guess, for lack of a better term, uh, had a name. It was it was called like, the X-Ray Press, or hopefully I can do this right, Rowent Genestat. That was and, pretty good. Yeah, not bad, right? And, you know, you can actually find these things today. Um, but they're pretty rare and, you know, kind of counter to what their intent was. Quite expensive. Um, <laughs> so I was actually able to find a couple of listings on eBay and, and, and like, disc- I think I found one on Discogs maybe. But uh, they're, you know, upwards of 300 bucks, which is actually lower than I would have thought. So, you know, if you want to get a piece and become a bone collector mm-hmm. yourself— um, you can take a look. They're out there to be, to be found. And they sound really neat. They sound really neat. Now, technically, the audio quality is, is going to be poor. We just want to establish that. But you're also encountering a piece of forbidden history. Well, shall we hear a couple of clips of this uh, uh, poor quality forbidden history? That's a great idea. Casey, if you would. So there it is. Noel, how would you describe that sound when you when you first heard it? Well, it's super evocative for me. I mean, I'm a vinyl fan in general, but when I hear like old jazz or that kind of like tinny recording quality, then you hear it mixed with all those pops and clicks and the hiss of like everything. And like I said, because you're making this on a material it wasn't really intended for, it's also going to sound like extra raw. Mm-hmm. Um, it it kind of gives me goosebumps a little bit. It's a little bit uh, uh, ethereal and kind of spooky. Agreed, agreed. It, it's sort of the auditory version of the feeling I get when I see old film 
which has still all the uh, all the contaminants and all the junk on the totally on the cells. Uh, there's a laundry list of reasons why these recordings were imperfect. First, the quality degraded with each play of the bootleg um, because the lathes could only etch shallow grooves mm. into these into these sheets, and this meant that they were impermanent. Uh, people would call it jazz on the bones. This is so full of cool phrases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they were impermanent, because each play would degrade the quality, the demand for their production skyrocketed even higher. So. I got to say, I'm pretty sure somebody at the hospital eventually noticed. I mean, they may have found out about the x-rays because of uh, a hookup inside the hospital. So at this point, Philo does not have a monopoly anymore by any means, you know, because all you have to do is have an existing bootleg recording from somewhere else on actual vinyl. Sure. And then go to the nearest hospital dumpster, not get caught. And uh, hang out with your friends who can teach you how to do this. So there's there's almost like a, a a hidden culture here operating under the eye of the USSR. Well, it's interesting too because I think of like Russian culture and youth culture today. Um, there's a whole scene of super young Russian kids that make these insane YouTube videos where they go up onto like really, really, really high skyscrapers like at night and break into empty buildings uh-huh. and like hang off the edge and stuff. So like I feel like in a way that's kind of a continuation of that like badass kind of punk spirit of like mm-hmm. we're going to do what we're going to do and you know we love what we love and the government be damned. But it's like living in a regime like that almost forces you to have to kind of like be a bit of a of a badass, right? Yeah, a bit of a daredevil. You have to succeed with some daring do. And I really love that you mentioned the modern meme of climbing and taking those incredible selfies Mm -hmm. because one of the things the photographers do is they don't just try to get to the place. They try to recreate a specific, like, trope or scene. You Mm. know, somebody hanging out of a window, somebody wearing the same outfit, doing the same selfie at the top of the same crane. Right. So it is, I I think the best word to describe it would be badass. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. This This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car, and I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac Bonneville. Yeah. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one, and that was a that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I meant I said El Camino, and I meant Monte Carlo. 
I miss it so. Uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos, and the last one, God bless it, I just I I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally, it, it still was like a a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now. Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. These in contrast to the prohibitively expensive, actual on vinyl used to make records, bootleg records, the bone records, these bootlegs on x-rays would cost between four to six rubles. That was about the price of a, of a typical lunch. Uh, and not every record came from those two guys who started what they called the Golden Dog Gang. Uh, many people were accidentally buying records that only had a few seconds of music. How infuriating is that? How angry would you be if you're thinking, oh, yes, my new Elvis record, and then you hear the opening riff, and that's it. It's bait and switch right there, man. I'd be enraged. Enraged, yeah, that's a good word for it. These also led to the development of a dance tradition. Uh, different dances. There's one called the Hamburg style. Yeah. The atomic style. Can you do a little Hamburg style for me right now, Ben? I'll describe <laughs> it to the people. <laughs> I, uh, I cannot. I would feel like I am culturally appropriating their struggle. Okay, that's fair. Do you like how, just because I didn't know it the dance? It was a really good deflection. <laughs> it was, yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the thing about these dances is they had little to almost no connection to dances in the United States. Instead, this is fascinating. I would want to uh, learn one of these. Uh, they represented the Stilyagi's opinion of how they thought Americans might be dancing to these things. So they, it was just kind of like they were just using their imagination? Yeah, to like blindly impersonate or do an impression of their idea of American dancers. Interesting. And there are a couple layers there, you know? No, it really is. I'm, I'm having a hard time wrapping my brain around it. So it's like they were fascinated by American culture. You know, I can think of a good example of what it is. There's this rapper named Young Lean. I think we've talked about Young Lean before. <laughs> and I believe he's Swedish. Um, uh -huh. And he kind of approximates like, you know, Southern trap hip-hop music, but, like, 
his lyrics are something lost in translation. Like he's a really <laughs> interesting rapper, but there's something about like while trying to approximate this thing, but not really speaking the language, what comes out the other side is somewhat evocative of the thing, but it's mm-hmm. also like its own thing and really kind of strange and interesting. And I really like that. Yeah, it's fascinating. You know, I I love that this conversation did range into a uh, a mention of young lean. Oh well, yeah, Ben. This is you know that, that's what we do on ridiculous history. We just kind of go where the where the ridiculous rabbit may lead. And today it led to Young Lean. And I'm going to quote you just a line. Just He says what I'm talking about. Oh, please he do. He says, uh, I got an empire of emotional. Squad see me cruising, cruising in my go-kart. I'm war, ho. I'm Warhol. I'm Wario when I'm in Mario Kart. <laughs> okay, there's a there's a, a rhyme scheme there. He's great. Check and him cadence. out. Yeah, okay, check it out. Let us know what you think. And Young Lean, if you're enjoying the show, let us know. Yeah, he's really into Arizona iced tea. That's another thing about Young Lean. But uh, just to wrap this up, there's a really cool connection, too, between these uh, bootleg bone records and something that was really popular in the 60s and 70s, which was cereal box records. So, like, you know, Life Cereal or Wheaties or Honeycomb um, or Fruit Loops or whatever would have in the box a 45 RPM record that you cut out literally with scissors, and it's on cardboard. So it just goes to show, like, the material determines probably the fidelity and, like, the longevity, the life of the, you know, the the record. Sure. But you could do it on cardboard, you know? It's just really interesting. I, I would never have thought that that was the case, and this has opened my eyes to all sorts of weird things. Maybe you could do it on— uh, you know, wood. You could probably make a wood record. You can, yeah. yeah. I'm sure you could. Quite possibly, mm-hmm. yeah. And again, as you said, it may just, it will have, you know, it will have inevitable effects on the quality. Well, it's interesting, too, when you listen to a record, if you turn your receiver off, your amplifier, and you just stick your ear down, you can actually hear the sound of it just through the needle. So it's this literally like the music is encoded into these grooves and you can faintly hear it just by listening to the turntable cartridge. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's fascinating in and of itself. And there's this other, you know, we're seeing this other world that exists again, relatively independent of the authorities. There were systems of their own slang, of course, Uh, a chuvak, by the way, as a male still yagi, a chuvika is a female Still Yagi. I, I found the list of the terminology. So I know we're still in uh we're still in Russia several decades ago because we haven't traveled back to the present yet. Oh, we gotta get better at that. One day we're gonna get left behind. <laughs> I propose we I propose we travel back to the safety of the studio. All right, we're back. And luckily it looks like I am uh no longer a little boy, but I've learned a valuable lesson about the history of music. Yeah. Uh, we know now that we have the benefit of looking back from the present day, 2017, as we record this, uh, we know that the authorities were uh, intensely aware of the Stilyagi going so far as to send informants, snitches, rats to the bootleggers to pose as record buyers. But we know by the 1960s, restrictions began to loosen. This was after the death of Stalin and the advent of other recording devices like reel-to-reel tape recorders uh, began to make bone records uh, less crucial mm-hmm. to this to this cultural war. 
waged through music. Well, totally. But like, you know, cassettes, remember when you went, like, speaking of, you know, Casey's fire mixtape that's still banging <laughs> in my ears right now. <laughs> I sound a little distracted. That's why. It's just, God, that beat, Casey. I don't even know what that is. Um, but yeah, like, you know, I, when I was a kid, I would actually, uh, please don't come after me, FCC or whatever. Um, but I used to exchange Smashing Pumpkins bootleg cassettes with people through the mail. Through the mail? Um, through the mail. It was a whole thing. You'd meet people on message boards, and then you would, like, you would say, I've got this one. You know, okay, I've got this one. And then you'd exchange, and there'd be no money would change hands. It was literally this, like, internet uh, marketplace, you know, that was all based on, like, I've got something you want. You've got something I want. It's on this disposable medium that everyone can get. There there became, like, standards. You had to have the Maxell cassettes. I can't remember what the exact uh, number oh, yeah, was, yeah, but yeah. it was very specific. And... They always, they, they, I found about this thing called filler, where, like, whenever there was room at the end of the cassette, they would just fill it with whatever, like, cool, you know, fire mixtape they had and what they wanted you to hear. So I actually learned about a bunch of cool new music through the filler on uh, my Smashing Pumpkins bootlegs. <laughs> and, and that's a little something about me. That's pretty cool. That's a neat fact. I, I didn't know that before. Uh, I do want to say that despite the tactics of the Soviet government at the time, and despite the repression involved in the country at the time, the Stilyagi, I would argue, succeeded. And now you can find these records, these bone recordings in museums. As you said, you can find them in private exhibits. You can even, if the spirit so moves you, participate in in this historic movement by going online and buying one on your own. But as you said, it, it's somewhat strange that these things were built to be affordable and uh, accessible. Yeah, and I actually was just digging around on eBay, and there's quite a few for sale here, and they look so cool, Ben. One of them is a Beach Boys, I Get Around, uh, X-Ray <laughs> Roentgen film, Bones Record, rare, $600 or best offer. Uh, and then we have one that's just instrumental jazz piece, X-Ray Roentgen film, Bones Record, 229 And this one looks so cool. It's like just a, you know, it's like the, with a cigarette burn in the middle, and it's cut out. It's sort of irregularly shaped sure. because, you know, these were— page shaped and they had to be cut out into discs you know by hand by hand uh but it's like just a close-up on someone's like sternum like ribs on the side it looks like a like something from like the nine inch nails album art or something like that but <laughs> there are quite a few of these on ebay and they are not that crazy expensive there's 65 dollars for this one it's a ussr one side x-ray record from 50s bill haley and the saddleman icy heart 78 rpm it's interesting too because i wonder if they're all 78s Mm-hmm. Here's a T-Rex one, Mark Boland T-Rex for seven ninety eight eight hundred bucks. So, not not cheap, but and available. Do, yes, available and do exercise caution when you buy. Well, when you buy anything online, but when you buy these online, because some of the bone records were undercover bait and switches created by the authorities. So you don't want to get your uh, Saddleman record that you paid. Uh, a, a hefty amount for, and then hear the first few bars of music, and then hear a very angry and stern Russian voice giving you government warnings. He would the sneak 1950s. a lecture in. Yes. Oh, that is cold blooded. I know. It's so uh, square. I know. Uh, but if you have experience with this piece of musical history, we would love to hear from you. You can find us all over the internet, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. 
And you can email us directly. Right. We are ridiculous at HowStuffWorks.com. And we're all over the usual social media channels and whatnot. But we really just hope you join us again for the next episode. And what more appropriate way to end this exploration today than with a little outro music? A little bone music? Drop it, Casey. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won! Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing High Five Casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! <laughs> I won again! I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your High Five moment today? Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of 1 carat plus and receive a free natural 1 carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit tomboyx.com. 